Hey, this is Brian Jump. Welcome to the SAI Million Dollar PDR Podcast. We go over actionable tips that have served my business well over the last 30 years, and hopefully they'll be beneficial to you too. Everybody get up and dance now. Girls to the left, boys to the right. Dosey do and in you go. What's happening? This is Brian Jump. No, you got the right podcast. SAI Million Dollar PDR Podcast. Just mixing up the, the soundtrack a little bit. <coughs> People said that it, uh, it was sometimes a little too... I mean, I get a lot of feedback. And some I don't listen to. Brian, your voice is annoying. What am I supposed to do? I could change my voice to that voice the whole time, and then we'll see how annoying it gets. Welcome to the SAI Million Dollar PDR Podcast. Um, maybe I should do that one of these days. Would that be racist? Yeah, probably would be. Or some would just say he's just impersonating uh, a Latino. Yeah, probably a bad one. A bad impersonation, that is. Anyway, definitely took a dirt road there. Let's get back on track. Do you know what's going on during this podcast right now? We are, we are seeing something historic. Something historic. It's crazy. Hurricane Hillary. And I would say it's Hurricane Hillary Clinton, but they're just not using the full name. And she's come in, she's pissed she didn't win the election, and she's here to wreak havoc. I don't know how she transformed herself into, into a weather pattern, but God love her. That's some serious, serious, serious talent. But this storm today in California, we're taping on uh, Sunday, August 20th, 20. The storms, I'm gonna, and I'm going to quote the Weather Channel, is expected to bring catastrophic and life-threatening situations. That's what it's supposed to do, guys. Right now, I'm looking at a light, pissy rain. And I think, unfortunately, and I, no joking about this, somebody apparently lost their lives down in Baja, California, Mexico. Okay, well, That's kind of where the hurricane is. It's, it's in Mexico. And the remnants, a.k.a. Tropical Storm, are going to work their way up. Guys, the freaking news, I'm going to go off on a, a little soapbox tangent right now. I'm going to get on my, you know, Brian Preacher pulpit. People, man, in the news, it just sensationalizes everything just to get people worked up because that's eyeballs and that's money, right? And a lot of us, we, we're suckers. We're suckers. We get played. People were at Costco yesterday lining up lines. People gassing up their cars like the gas pumps weren't going to be working in the next couple of days. First of all, it's a two-day storm at best, but they think, you know, the flooding's going to rip out the infrastructure, and it's going to go back to caveman times. It, F me, man. Have we not learned anything? Have we not evolved as a species? Uh, if there are aliens, man, they're just sitting there just laughing at us. You dumbasses. You know, uh, so, so sad. Anyway, so... So here I sit recording this, and it's like a misty rain right now. Yeah, it's supposed to get heavier later. We'll see, you know. But either way, did I need to go do a run on paper towels and, and toilet paper and gas up my car and get a bunch of water and candle? No, no. If I lived on the coast of Baja, yeah, I probably would have a couple of days ago, a week ago, knowing whatever. Or I'd already have that stuff in place because I knew I lived in an area where this was possible. But we get tropical storms in the summer all the time. I don't know how this is historic, but whatever. 
I'm just telling you. I'm going to go on Facebook and check in and let everybody know I'm okay. So ridiculous. Ridiculosity. What do you do? What do you do? All right, so here we go. Let's do a quick week recap, and then we got some good stuff. We got some good little vittles for you guys. All right, so Jeff, our painter, the professor we call him, got hugged. He got hug mugged. He was coming back from uh, a quick little uh, break at the uh, gas station, picking up some drinks and some other paraphernalia. And our customer with the Fox Body truck, which we posted up, nice red, fire engine red, had a little fender bender. We did a little PDR, a little body work, and a nice little blendy blend. He's he's supposedly selling this thing. I think he's disenchanted with the bill. The guy who he bought it, and then he realized the guy who built it, not the best of of engineers. A little uh, slackily dackily, you know, just didn't have a didn't have all the wherewithal that he was hoping. It was just hastily put together. The guy wasn't a good fabricator. So he fell out of love with it. And he was selling it. But something happened because after we fixed it, the guy was so happy. Couldn't believe it. I mean, honestly, our, our left fender we fixed was better work than the rest of the truck. It really was. We had less garbage in it. And we didn't even shoot it in the booth, which is even crazier. The bodywork, you couldn't see anything. Compound curve, lip. The guy, the wheel, he went to buy the car and the wheel came off. <laughs> over like 22s, bagged. You know, picture the wheel comes off, gets stuffed in the wheel well, has to pull over. Pissed, obviously, that somebody didn't even check their freaking lugs, didn't torque them down. Sad, huh? Scary. That could have been a lot worse than just some light bodywork. So there it was. So he, um, he was going to sell it. And thank me, walked outside, I, I waved by, and then as I walked out, I saw Jeff walking towards him. Hey, what's going on? Just kind of running to him, walked right up to him, gave him a big hug. Je- Jeff looks over his shoulder at me, like, like kind of like, whoa, like, everything all right? I'm like, yeah, and I just kind of nodded like, and gave him a thumbs up. Things are good. We don't get a lot of emo, a lot of emotion from our customers, especially men, especially older men. Pick this guy, I'm going to say he's early to mid-50s, semi-retired-ish, well-to-do, this is his toy. And he was just, the affectation, I always talk about feels, guys. And I wish I would have had video for it. I didn't. I didn't even ask him for a review. I really need to hit him back up and say, hey, if you're satisfied, which of course he is. He may or may not, he may or may not wanna wanna do that. Hold on one second, I gotta turn off this air compressor real quick. That's our air compressor for our weekend engine builder, Freddy, Freddy the Fanatic. He comes in Saturdays and Sundays and builds our Porsche uh, engines and transmissions. Um, yeah, for real. We have we turned our front one of our front offices here at the Denko Studios into an engine building room, a clean room, a lab, if you will. Freddy's pretty talented. He isn't here yet, but um, he comes on the weekends and, and ranches for us instead of having somebody outside do it. Does it save me money? Yes. Is it fast? No. Is it methodical on the way I want things? Yes, yes, yes. So so anyway, yeah, I just wanted to tell you guys about the feels. And now the guy's not selling it, which is crazy. It's crazy. And then I got I got one thing I want to say um, about something I did, because I, I'm going to have to tip my cap. I mean, Jeff w- was the one who instigated that that feel the most. And I, I, got, I gave him a $100 tip, 
but I probably need to give him a little something more. I'll give him something more this week because he earned it. He really did. Um, my wife's dermatologist, a doctor, came in, and her husband, technically, um, with their Tesla. And I didn't know at the time. I just knew she was their dermatologist. And, yeah, we this, this car wash and tenor dented our car. We don't have video of it, but jacked up the, the trunk. Can you fix it? Of course. 600 bucks. I sent a picture of this to uh, Jared. Jared, if you're listening, this is the car that I sent you photos when you sent me that Crown Vic or whatever it was, that big whale of a dent you did in that quarter. Bravo. I applaud you. I even ring the bell. Um, great job. Jared Kirk, a better, a better repair if you want to check it out. You did a nice job on that Goldie, that gold whale. But uh, we were just trading picks, like dent picks, whose dent is bigger kind of crap, you know, or whatever. Just checking in, like a check-in. And, uh, but this is the backstory with that, that repair, Jared. This, these nice people came in, said, hey, take care of my stuff. Pretty easy job, I got a man in a trunk. You, you, t- you pop out the, the license plate lights, and you got easy access right into the back of the trunk. You don't have to, you don't have to detrim it or anything. And it's a compound curve. I'm not going to say it's easy for everybody. And the metal's kind of stiff there because of the, the compound, the, the, the double curve. But it was, ba- it was easy. I mean, it was a crease, you know, it was, and it's pearl white. Reverse check, wide check, um, and you're off to the races. You're good. A little bit of tape, open it up, de-stress, blah, blah, blah. So the guy was so happy with what we did. And this, and I'm not going to name names, but this guy's been to a couple other dent guys in our area. And I, some guys that I mentioned, some guys that are very respectable. And like I said, just out of respect for these guys because I think the world of them, I'm not going to name names. I really am not. I know you guys are waiting for me to drop that name. I'm not. It would be, it would be like me to normally do that. But I, I, I don't know. I don't like being critical. In a specific way, in a broad way, yeah. Not, not. I, I just respect too many, too many things in our industry, especially certain people. But this guy was so blown away with the skills, and I, and I, I'm not gonna tell you guys I always win. Matter of fact, later that day I did a Fender on a Prius that I was like, eh, not as good as the freaking Tesla. And it was just, I don't know. I rushed it. It was tired, late Saturday afternoon, trying to get out of here early to go take a bike ride with the wife. It, it just didn't work out the way I wanted. I mean, it was good. It's going to pass. It's you know, all that. But it's just not. We all should have a level of expectation we want to uh, attain, right? Forget the customer. We should go way past what the customer expects. But where our line is, you know, ultimately, we have to satisfy ourselves. I think that's, to me, that's the number one. Then if I satisfy myself, I know I'm going to satisfy the customer. 99 out of 100. Um, so the guy was so happy, the, the husband of the wife, and he helps her kind of run her derm operation, which it's funny because I, I mentioned to my wife, I'm like, Tanya something, something. She's like, oh, that's my dermatologist. She's like, you took care of her? I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, my gosh, da, 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 what a small world. I'm like, yeah, they put my business cards on their counter next to her cards. That's pretty crazy. I mean, you want to talk about getting some feels. Do you think I asked for that? Would you mind putting our cards next to your wife's medical cards on the counter when people come in for facials and and uh, most surgeries heck of course not I, I, this is a first in 31 years i've never had my cards in a medical office and how long will they be there if they're there for a couple days great just the thought that I, that i i impacted we impacted him with that level of service and experience guys it's hard enough for me to get card placements in car washes or get detailers to give them out but that I was like, okay, this is a good week. Jeff, the professor, kicked ass, and he really did, not just on the Fox body. He kicked ass on the Amazon van. I mean, a lot of, a lot of jobs this week. He was freaking flying. 
He really was. He was Edward Scissorhands with the Bondo scrapers. Just very impressed. Um, so anyway, a good week at Denko. That's, that's the summary. And what can you get out of it? Try to connect with your customers. Try to charm them. Try. Work on your charm skills. Not everybody's got them, as I've mentioned. I talked about Adrian on the pod last episode or two. You know, some people have it, but I think it's a skill you can develop out a little bit. You know, it, the, the one thing about the doctor real guy, the husband of the doctor, Dr. Tanya, he was so disenchanted with the other people because they were like your typical automotive, gruff. Well, if you don't like a pound sand, you know, you know we're not going to do anything. So I kind of gone online and, and lit them up. But they're busy and they don't care. One bad review, what is that going to do? You know, so, but we, you could tell that we're professionals. We care about each and every customer. We're trying to grow a business. I'm trying to support a family. I'm, I'm going to treat people right, even if I don't like them, even if they don't treat me right. And yes, it does happen, unfortunately. It's just, that's when you have a, a door that opens, you can't screen everybody who comes through it. I have one guy says, oh, yeah, you know, I, I tend to like to sue people. You know, it's like, oh, shit, is this the kind of customer I want? <laughs> no. But, you know, you, you try to avoid those kind of guys. But anyway, we can. We can pick to, within reason who, who our stuff is, our customers. But anyway, you get the point. All right, so this week, Amazon Vans, like I mentioned, we did a water purification company car. We did a T-Mobile car. We, we're getting into more fleets, and we're not really marketing for it. They're just kind of dropping into our lap. We had a plumbing truck come in. So... I, I, I honestly, guys, I think for those of you that have shops, I think this, I'm dropping you a golden goose of a nugget. Mix in, if you're 30% fleets or 50, imagine what that's going to do for your pricing with your other private retail customers. It's going to give you the, the, not the tenacity, but the audacity or any acity to charge what you should charge plus because then you're not dependent. And I bet you're probably one of the few businesses that does the hybrid PDR and maybe paint or other services in your community. And you really don't have much competition anyway. And you're going to do it for less or the same. And you're going to be faster. And it's going to be a better repair overall for the car and the customer and their pets. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So there it is. Fleets, guys. Tomorrow, by the way, student coming in, Frank. Up oh, here is Fred. Speak of the devil. Okay, so deal flow. We're going to get right after it. You're going to hear Fred uh, maybe say hi. Maybe he'll even drop a little knowledge, talk about Porsches, but probably not. How do you get your deals? I call it deal flow. The more ways that you can get clients to your business, the more dangerous, the more, the more of a moat you have around your business castle, right? The more power. And you'll sleep better at night. If you have all your eggs in one basket, a.k.a. the Google basket, or all, you, all your business comes from your, your location and it's all drive-by traffic, what if you lose your lease? What if the city comes shut you, shut you down for some reason, right? Who's to say? Shit like that happens. We've had algo changes. Do you think ads are getting cheaper on Google? They're not. They're getting more and more expensive every day. Morning, Fred. Morning. Got some coffee? Got some coffee. Nice. I'm doing a little podcast here right now, so if you hear me talking, I'm not talking to myself. Like you probably hear me sometimes. Um, so yeah, Google prices on the ad platform get more and more expensive by the minute. So is that going to be a long-term play? Probably not, unless you can raise your prices in concert. 
And what's the chance of that? Maybe, maybe not. Depends on the co- what are the competitions holding or dropping a little bit, just the whole community. Maybe we have like some sort of recession thing, but yet Google prices are still because the demand for whatever reason is higher. I'll give you an example. I've had this happen because we, we advertise on Google and, and a, do a bunch of other marketing. But let's just say I did only Google. And let's say a major buy shop chain in the area says, you know what? Let's And they're, they're a chain. They can throw endless dollars. Let's say they say, we're going to spend $1,000 a day and we want to own this market online. And we're going to lock out everybody in the county. I'm just going to spend $1,000 a day, which hopefully that'll do it. And that would that'd be pretty painful. I'd have a hard time spending 30 grand or 20 grand a month. Could I? I probably could, but would I want to? That would definitely impact my business. We've had things like that happen. We've had a dealership that all of a sudden brought in an in-house PDR guy. And then we had a buy shop chain do the same thing the same month. It was hard. We spent a lot more money and the leads were diluted, no doubt about it. But we still did things different and we weren't just based on Google, thank God. So did it affect our business? 5% maybe. I lost maybe one client a week to those guys that, and, and coming in. And I, they soon backed out after probably data performancing and realizing that it just didn't pencil out. So, so what's the lesson here though? Don't keep all your eggs in proverbial basket. If you are just based on your, your physical location, if you lose your lease, or you're shut down for some other reason and you can't have the location anymore, what's going to happen with your business? You're kind of in trouble, right? So get more oars in the water, if you will, more deal flow options, and you'll create that strong moat and you'll sleep like a baby at night. You don't have to worry because if you're smart and you've got all your eggs in that, that tiny little basket, you shouldn't be sleeping at night. You're very, very vulnerable to one keystroke of a Google algorithm change or a lease problem with your landlord i mean trust me we get my landlord i could tell you i haven't even ever talked about her but she drives around her and she's in our business all the time and it's not fun i don't own the business i wish I, the, I own the business i don't own the building and until i do i need to stfu shut the f up because i that's not that's one of those things that i'm weak about until i want to buy a building i don't have that power so yeah that's a weakness of the business, no doubt about it. And I think about it because I've identified it and I know it. So if you can, as soon as you can, try to own your business. God love Jeff at Beach Cities. He owns his, his building. You know, that's the way to go. He doesn't have to worry about it. Could the city come in and do something wacky? They could try. What's the chances? Very slim. Very slim. All right, so let's go through some, uh, some options, some more eggs in the basket options. Instead of just one egg, let's talk about multiple eggs, right? Okay, so paid ads. That's the obvious one. We just talked about it. You, know, you could do paid ads online and offline. Okay, what does that mean? It means internet and non-internet advertising. Okay, you could do social. You could do them Facebooks, them ticker talkers. You could do the grams. There's, there's a bunch. Okay, and, and test. I'm not going to get into all the pros and cons and blah, blah, blah. But it would be better if you did more than just one platform, a.k.a. Google or whatever it is. Or if you were just Facebook, do more than just Facebook. What about print? Yeah. You could do print. You could do mailers direct to houses to, to high-income areas or businesses. Okay, why not? Why not? Have you ever thought about that? Instead of doing a mailer to houses, do it to businesses. And maybe co-op with a detailer. Some sort of luxury car care thing. We've done it. We've done canvassing even. That's another one you could do. You do canvassing. Canvassing works, guys. Is it fun? No. 
I had these two guys come in last week. They were canvassing. They were canvassing lighting, uh, retrofitting LEDs for fluorescence. I should have freaking grabbed those dudes and said, look, guys, if you ever burn out on selling lighting, I will pay you well to canvas our services because I, I, if you're a long-time listener, you'll remember the story about Brandon, the golden goose who used to go to a high-end neighborhood and was selling over $1,000 a day in recon for us. And then you got the wise idea of, why should I be selling this? I should just be doing it. Ah, Brandon, I'm not going to train you because I don't want to lose the golden goose. So Brandon went somewhere else, and now Brandon does PDR, um, I think, at a swap meet on the weekends, and then during the week he smokes weed and plays Xbox. His dream. So sail on, Brandon, sail on. Godspeed. Um, All right, so what else? Printing. You could do a local... Uh, Clipper magazine, if you've had the Clipper where it goes around and has deals. Maybe just an automotive magazine that, that that's sent. Hey, it works. Is it going to work real well? I don't know. You have to test, right? Um, email. Do you have a, You're not going to email a cold list, hopefully. Hopefully, you got a warm list that you've collected your leads already, but that's something you could do down the line. So why am I telling you that? Maybe you have a new business and you aren't collecting emails. Collect those emails. Okay. Local community newspapers. Maybe your community has a little a little rag that people read, get in there, especially if it's a high-end community. Get in that little thing. It's probably cheap, probably 150, 200 bucks for a, a display out in the back, maybe a two by two or a four by four. Why not? Radio. I heard a teeth whitening company doing some radio ads. They stopped doing internet. Why? Because they figured out a hook they could do on radio that was performing like 5X more than the internet was, and it was cheaper. Radio used to be expensive, but the problem is it's broadcast medium. It's not targeting. Now, Teeth is a wider demo than what we do. But once again, if you partnered with other automotive businesses, it might make sense. And you guys can just divvy it up. TV, same thing. We used to do cable ads. I I didn't have much luck with it. But we came Insta-famous for a little bit on TV. Just people recognized us. But yet, I think we got one job after spending like $1,500 on a cable ad pack. That was when we had one of our used car dealer uh, managers in the actual ad. He, he wanted to be like a, a, a celeb. So we let him be the guy that we interviewed about, about our services and the, the benefits and all that. It was pretty funny. Big Dent Dave at Dave, Theodore Robbins Ford. God love you, Dave. Um, the problem with broadcast medium, like I said, it's not, it's, it's not targeted like the Internet. So you really can't performance it out as well. Doesn't mean it's not going to work, though. PR. What's PR? PR is basically... Um, press releases that you can do online which will help your SEO and help you get more exposure it's it's a long-term play but it can work for a lot of reasons especially for bigger clients advertorials are basically paid ads but they're they're kind of they're kind of fake articles they're farticles which that is a word by the way um, and and it's a way to advertise your stuff and make it look like a, a how-to or expose piece. Something to look into. They actually work. But you, know, you could do it in an automotive magazine. There's all kinds of ways to get that going on. But you, if, unless you're a regional service, you want to keep it local, right? So make sure whatever you work in, it's, it's going to be locally based. Flyers? Yeah, flyers can work. How about sponsorships? High school sports teams and, and things like that. Maybe. Maybe. I've never done a baseball team. I thought, you know what, all it takes is one foul ball into a car. But does that mean something that even though I'm advertising out in the outfield and I've got a big banner, does that mean somebody's going to use this? Maybe, maybe not. If, if you're just a PDR guy and all you do is $200 dents, it doesn't make sense. 
But if you're doing paint and everything else or PPF and one job can get you four grand, then yes, it makes sense because all it takes is one job. You know, so look, look at it that way. If you have a net that's going to capture bigger fish, fish with a bigger hook and don't mind paying money for the bait. But if you're fishing for guppies, why would you pay for premium bait? Make sense? All right. So let's go to unpaid. Um, social content, you got to have hooks. If you don't have a hook in it, you're going to have boring content. And you're not going to be unique. Um, think of it this way. What can you talk about that others can't? What makes you unique? Talk about your, like we talked about with Jeff and, and me with the doctor and the Fox body truck and all that. Nobody's going to talk about those stories because those aren't their stories. Those are our stories. And that's, that's the key. You, why talk about, you know, what's working for other people or generic stuff? I mean, you can, but at the end of the day, I would say keep it as close to the vest as you can and tell the story about you and your business. That's why I like to talk about, I'll interject about my family and my, my son's playing college baseball or whatever, just because it's unique to us. And I don't think very many other people, I mean, I know other PDR techs that are into baseball and they're trying to raise sons that if they want to do baseball, that they're going to be better and all that. But, but like I said, our story is unique and it may not resonate. It may, but for one thing, for sure, it's not going to be something that people are going to copy because they can't. So tell your story. Makes sense. All right, so what else can you do that's unpaid? Co-ops with local companies. You could share your, your customer base with a, a, a tinter or another PPF or vinyl wrap guy. Okay, you guys can, can share leads or whatever or cross-promote at, at the point of sale. If you have a shop, you could have their cards up there and vice versa. We do that with a tinter, and it works out really well. I probably get mm, 3 to 5% of my business is, is from one tinter. I kid you not. And we get some big jobs from her. So they don't do film. So we, they do window tint film. They don't do PPF. So I get a lot of PPF jobs from them. And that works out really well. We did a Supra this last, this month. And that was $4,200, guys. One job. Yes, one job. Um, what else? Um, detailers, you know, co-op with detailers or other automotive businesses. Um, some people do yard signs. I don't do them, but in certain communities, maybe in the south or the Midwest, you can get away with it. Maybe at a busy intersection. Who knows? Why not try it? If it's not against the law and you can get away with it, billboards. You think you probably think I'm joking. No. Go to Dallas. Go to the suburbs in Texas. You'll see billboards for hail. It works. Once again, it's because it's big ticket items. You're not going to have a billboard against the freaking George Bush Expressway. You know, I don't know, whatever that costs. I should have asked Daniel from DMG who had it up. But he, if his single job is going to bring $6,000 and he's going to pull multiple of those off that billboard, it goes back to wherever you're at and what your high ticket is. If you have a high ticket service, and don't think that you can't have a high ticket service in a non-hill area. You can. But you have to be creative. You have to think outside the box, which we talked about in a recent uh, podcast episode. Um, same with banners. You could have banners. We had a banner up when we were in Iowa. Uh, Davenport um, alongside of our tent and that banner drove a lot of business and the funny thing was Davenport didn't give a shit about the signs it might have been because it was during COVID and they had a bunch of bunch of other stuff to deal with um, car dispensers at auto businesses like car washes like I talked about like for the doctor did uh, did that one we we did a car wash distribution where we probably had a dozen we went around to all the local car washes I'm going to give you guys a how to, I'm going to give you the the 411 on how to get it in there for free because they're going to want to charge you so what you tell them is like, look, 
have you had any body damage this year or, or in the past few years from any of your staff? Yes, we have. Okay, I'll tell you what. Unless it's, I mean, I'll limit it to $1,000 in damage, but I will cover whatever happens here on the lot to customers' cars in exchange for putting up my business cards. Now, if somebody is, gets hurt, no, it's $1,000. That's it. It's not human bodily injury. It's a handshake deal. But if you scratch a car, somebody slips off a ladder when they're drying the roof in, in dense offender, which happens all the time. I just talked to – that's what the doctor's Tesla was. It was somebody probably detailing it and, and dented the back trunk. So there it is. So car dispensers are car washes, and that works. Guess what? It's not going to be the car wash customers that are going to call you, though. It's going to be their detailing customers that will call you. Car wash people generally don't give a shit about dents and scratches and things. They just want to get from point A to point B in a vehicle that's clean. Dents or scratches, they don't care. They don't care. All right, two more. Referrals. Referrals are a great way to get customers. Okay. Reviews, same thing. If you have a lot of good reviews and people read those, it's going to drive business. It does. Now, check this out. So instead of your business just relying on 80% of in one marketing channel like Google or like your, your location, what if you had all the things I mentioned and maybe more and each one was like 5% across the board? How much of a fortress would you then have in your market? How, how you'd be such a freaking badass. You'd be, have a concrete business that nobody... I don't care what horse they ride into town with. They come in and they have freaking strippers out on the freaking boulevard with, with billboard signs in their hands just shaking ass to try to get your business away from you. You've got all those other things working, man. That's just not going to happen. They're going to get in the news and other things are going to happen, but they're not going to take your business. You get my point? My point is you're undeniably fortified by diversifying your deal flow. And that's what this is about. It's just diversified deals. Don't fish in one pond with one hook and one kind of bait. Have 20 hooks, fish for different fish or multiple fish, and, and you'll, you'll have plenty of food to eat consistently day after day after day. So there it is. 30 minutes in. I got to do pretty good. What do you guys think? That's it, guys. Have a great week. Um, luckily, Fred and I, we didn't wash away with this catastrophic uh, flood. Fred, no problems on the freeway with uh, no, his... Nobody's driving around. It's kind of dead out there, huh? Uh, Verizon's got that data plan shrunk down to nothing. I can't even use Google Maps. Oh, brother. Yeah. They're saving money. Yeah. Oh, good for them. That makes me want to call Verizon and use them for my business. Dude, you won't get through. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to have a business that big that you're so massive you don't care about screwing people over? Yeah. Yeah, they got it made in the shade. All right, kids. Have a great weekend. Or a great week, I should say. And we'll catch you on the next SAI Million Dollar Peter podcast. Bye-bye for now.